up everyone, this is Don Suave. First and foremost, I'd appreciate everyone for viewing my video. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and also comment. Also hit that notification button below as well. Alright, let's get on with the show. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful. He hates ties. He prefers wins instead. Here's Don Suave. Yo, yo, what's good, everybody? This is Don Suave back with another one for y'all. So make sure to like, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Broadcaster of the Seven Cities, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast, So Disrespectful Radio Show. Once again, before I like to start the show, I always like to start with a quote for the listeners. This comes from Albert Hubert, and it says, There is no failure except and no longer trying. So first, like, no, we like to start with the NFL news. You get to do the recap of week 10, find out what's going around in the league. Then we start also talking about what's coming for the next week. And then we just go on with the show. So, like I said, we're going to start with the first recap. This comes from week 10. I mean, we're almost there, y'all. You know, it's it's, uh, it's 18 weeks, everybody. It's it's almost here. So, we're still on week 10. It's like the midway for some when the playoff picture is starting to look a little bit clearer. But it's still any given Sunday. Anything can change from here to week 18. So let's go ahead and start right about now. We have Thursday. We have the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers won that game 25-15. to On Sunday, we have Seattle taking on Tampa Bay. And Tampa wins that 21-16. to Minnesota played Buffalo in quite possibly the game of the year so far right now. Minnesota beats Buffalo in overtime. 33-30. Next, we have Detroit-Chicago. Now, even though this is a close game, this, ain't, this is not game of the year. I'm sorry. I mean, both of these teams, is, huh? it's like, whatever, who wins? But Detroit will take that victory, 31-30. Next, we have Tennessee and Denver. Tennessee wins that game, 17-10. We have Kansas City taking on Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, we kind of knew that was going to happen. The Chiefs won 27-17. to Miami, the, the surprising team this year for a lot of people, they took on the Cleveland Browns and they won their game 39-17. to Next, we had the New York football Giants taking on the Houston Texans, in which the game was like it was coming down to the wire, but this Giants still the better team. And they won 24-16. to Pittsburgh Steelers against the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans... You know, they look like they're a team that could possibly be the Steelers, but the Steelers, they did work on them. They won that game 20 to 10. We had Indianapolis Colts taking on Las Vegas Raiders. This is Jeff Saturday's coaching debut. And in this coaching debut, they won 25 to 20. Next game, in which a lot of people won't really, you know, take it into it thinking that the Green Bay Packers are going to beat the Cowboys. You know, Green Bay just lost to Washington, so they think Dallas will come in. Aaron Rodgers changed all that. They beat the 
Dallas Cowboys 31 to 28 in overtime. Next, we had the Arizona Cardinals taking on the defending champion Los Angeles Rams, and the Cardinals took that victory 27 to 17. And on Sunday night, the San Francisco 49ers beat the Los Angeles Chargers 22 to 16, and possibly the most shocking win, literally, almost. Everybody from Vegas to analysts to critics to fans had this team winning. It was literally a 90 to 10% win for the Philadelphia Eagles, but they didn't. The Washington Commanders hand the Philadelphia Eagles their first loss of the year. The Commanders beat the Eagles 32 to 21. We're going to talk more about that game later on. Well, that game right there sent a flurry to the Eagles. As if you've seen in the reports, when Commanders beat the Eagles, I think it was maybe a day later or a couple days later, they signed two defensive tackles off the street to come helping out. Hey, sometimes a team could do that. But like I said before, we're going to talk about, you know, another topic in the NFL. I know it's early. We know it's week 10 and you got 18 weeks to go on um, 18 to go. We know we got the wild card, the division, the conference, Super Bowl, all that good stuff. But hey, it's never too early. We're going to talk about free agency. Now, we thought for the longest, you know, for instance, Lamar Jackson would have had a new contract, but he doesn't. Personally, this is my opinion, and I'm pretty much a lot of people believe. Uh, you know, kind of agreement with this. This man is a cheat code. And the fact that a deal wasn't done raises eyebrows. We just seen Bradley Chubb get an extension for Miami after being traded to them. So if that franchise could do it that quick for him, why not Lamar? So we're going to investigate the free agency of 2023 and tackle a few players. Get it? <laughs> First, of course, it's Lamar Jackson. I mean, this is probably the obvious choice. As he's the number one target if they don't do a deal by the end of the season. And I don't know if Baltimore want to see what happens at the end of the season or if they want to let him test free agency to see what other teams value him is. But honestly, those are not smart decisions to allow this man not to have his money. Lamar is basically the whole offense of Baltimore. He is the quarterback, of course, but he's also the better rusher of the offense. And he would have probably been the best receiver if he learned how to pass a ball to himself one time. Bruh. Just kidding. But still, did they forget he was the MVP a few years ago? Even though Baltimore neglects receivers, he still finds a way to get them the ball, especially the tight end. Next person, Geno Smith. I know. I know. I, I know. It's surprising. But, hey. Can't, help, can't knock it with the man been doing this year. And I bet you would have never thought that this time, last year, or even beginning of the season, that me mentioned or anybody mentioning Geno Smith and hot commodity in the same sentence. Yeah, yeah it's true. Just, just, just listen to this. On fo Pro Football Focus, his grade ranks very decent with 85.9 overall grade and 89.1 passing grade from a clean pocket which ranks fourth. He also has 11 passing touchdowns on throws of 20-plus yards, which is three more than the next best quarterback. And his 6.7% big-time throw ranks third. 
This is Geno Smith we're still talking about, ladies and gentlemen, okay? I, I know it's shocking, but this is what's happening so far with him in Seattle. I mean, this is without question his best season. And the fact that this is his contract year and people are eyeing Geno for their quarterback position proves one thing. They wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. Next, Levante David. Look, even in his age, Levante David is still playing at a superstar level. We know that age sometimes have, you can lose a step or two, but he makes it up with play recognition and ability to act when needed. Those things you can't teach. Those just come instance. You have to literally learn the game and know when to make your mark, when to hit the hole for a tackle, when to go to a coverage, when to recognize the play. Hey, there's just some things you just can't teach. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, and I quote, Davis 86.5 coverage grade through week 10 ranks third among off-ball linebackers this season. And his elite 92.9 mark over the past four seasons is a top mark at the position. He's a linebacker. I mean, one of the most important parts of a defense, especially if you have a linebacker that's telling the other play, players the plays, getting them to their sets. Basically, a middle linebacker or, or a prolific linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. Look at guys like Ray Lewis, guys like Brian Urlacher, Guys like even down to the old school guys, yo, Mike Singletary, you know, just any of those middle linebackers, any line, and also the linebackers is actually the captain. They tell their players, hey, they're running this, hey, they're doing this. Watch out for the screen, watch out for the slant. Well, hey, look, look, look between that gap. So even though in his age, that's still a hot commodity for a lot of teams to get if they don't have that type of leadership for one. And number two, they don't have that type of linebacker. Now, there's multiple free agents that are still out there. Tom Brady's still out there. I mean, I know, the, and it's even in his age. But as you can see right now, the, he's, <laughs> he's winning. And you can't take away from that. So, you know, it's still early. Like I said, you got Lamar Jackson we spoke about before. It's still at the end of the season. Geno Smith still at the end of the season. Levante Davis still at the end of the season. But, hey, like I said before, this is wrapping up. We are already in week week 11. Already. So, hey, either time will tell what happened to these guys. And it's also time to tell if they will either signed, released, or traded, or whatever. But, hey, it's never too early to think about getting that bag. Now, coming up after the break. We're going to do NFL picks for week 11. We're going to tell who's going to win, and then we're going to go on from there. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. What can milk do? Oh, yeah. Oh. Mmm. Wow. Yes, please. Maybe the better question is, what can't milk do? He died a few years ago, but death lacks the confidence to tell him. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back, everybody. So now we're going to do the picks for week 11. And just a quick update. After this episode right here, 
I'm only doing my shows on Sundays. So instead of doing a full schedule breakdown, I'm going to just pick a few games, like the most important ones, and we're going to go from there. So start with week 11. I have the Packers beating the Titans. I have the Commanders beating the Texans. The Bears beating the Falcons. Bills beating the Browns. Eagles beating the Colts. Patriots beating the Jets. Rams beating the Saints. Giants beating the Lions. Ravens beating the Panthers. Raiders beating the Broncos. Cowboys beating the Vikings. Steelers beating the Bengals. Chiefs beating the Chargers. And for the Monday night game, I have the 49ers beating the Cardinals. I mean, this, as I've been saying before, and have you guys been looking and listening, this NFL season has been very weird. Especially certain teams that you thought weren't going to be good or good. Teams that you thought were Super Bowl contenders, or at least conference championship contenders, are looking really suspect. I mean, hey, it's not the only league, though. We want to talk about the other league as well, the NBA. And we're going to just recap with that one us too. And you're going to see everything has changed. So stay tuned. Right now, I'm coming right back. Don't touch that dial. Don't even go to another podcast. Because right now, you're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. From beginnings to finish lines. From rehab to performance. From first steps to giant leaps. You are strong. Good Samaritan. Your teammate in life. Your partner in health. Do you know why earthquakes happen? And the correct answer is that when he puts his fault in vibration mode, an earthquake occurs. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Now, this next segment of we're going to talk about the NBA. You know, usually I have I have a script or, you know, something to go by just to have y'all you know, to give you information about what's going on, you know, just, you know, just be very informed to be a journalist. This time is going to be a bit different. You see, this one's coming from off the cuff, totally freestyle. Don't get me wrong. The stuff I'm going to say is very important because this is stuff that, you know, a lot of us talk, talk about, especially in, the, you know, we could say the barbershops and all that stuff. Look, on my show, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And I'm going to speak on whatever I'm going to speak on. And I'm not afraid to speak on anything because, this, once again, this is my show. So, let me just get the necessity things out the way, which is the NBA. So, I'm just going to just do a rundown of the standings. And then we're going to talk about some topics that, honestly, I'm seeing that right now the NBA is really looking suspect. So first and foremost, in Eastern Conference, we like from last episode to this episode, things have, have taken a shaking. For now, in Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics are the number one team, 13-3. and three. And Next, we have the Milwaukee Bucks at 11-4. Third is Atlanta Hawks, 10 and 6. 
Fourth, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 10 and 6. The Pacers are 9 and 6. The sixth spot is the Washington Wizards, 10 and 7. The seventh spot is the Toronto Raptors, 9 and 8. And then the eighth spot is the Philadelphia 76ers, 8 and 8. Now, Brooklyn Nets, they're coming up. They are 8 and 9. And like I said, it's still early in the season. So, Right now, they are coming up right down there at the ninth spot. They're tied with the New York Knicks. Funny, two New York teams tied with each other. Then we have the Miami Heat, which is kind of shocking because on paper, the Heat don't look like a bad team at all. But, hey, who knows? They're 7-10 right now. The Bulls are 6-10. Which is kind of a little shocking because I'm not going to lie, I am a Bulls fan. You know, but Lonzo's hurt. Zach Levine, I mean, then you had the reports of this, the issue with him and Coach, even though he's case they all clear. But we already know, we already know for NFL, any little distraction changes up everything. And the last three teams is no surprising, which is the, uh, the Orlando Magic, Charlotte Hornets, the Detroit Pistons. Now, as we go to the West, it's kind of store, still sort of the same. Nothing changed. The Utah Jazz still number one, which, you know, a lot of people consider, like, how is that possible? Hey, sometimes it's the teams that you don't look for or the ones that sneak up on you. It happens in the NFL. happens in the NHL. happens in the MLB. We got the Phoenix Suns at 10-6, tied with the Portland Trailblazers at 10-6. Who's also tied with the Denver Nuggets, ten and six. The Sacramento. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this, y'all. <laughs> the number fifteen right now in the Western Conference is the Sacramento Kings, and this is not the Sacramento Kings that you know a lot of people remember back in the days with Chris Webber, Mike Bibby, Paja, Diva, Doug Christie. No, this this is not that team. And besides, that team was a, was a stacked team. You know, this is against the Lakers. This Sacramento team is nine six, and they're number five. Wow. Next come the Memphis Grizzlies, ten seven, who are tied with the Clippers, ten seven, and you have the Pelicans and the Dallas Mavericks are tied at nine seven. They get the Timberwolves eight and eight. Now. The story that we want that about the standard, which is funny, the Golden State Warriors are eight and nine. This is the same team that just won a championship, which is funny because the critics of the Golden State Warriors, Steph needs help. Huh? How does Steph needs help? He just won a championship. Klay Thompson still playing. Draymond still playing. Wiggins is still playing. But if you look at the news, yeah, Steph is balling right now, getting 50 points, 40 points. I mean, he's balling. Then they say he needs help. Oh, um, what? He got help. Come on now. Uh, stop living in the, in the now. I know, you know, we live in the now a lot of times, but Goldstein will be all right, y'all. Calm down. They will be all right. You know, this, this NBA now is catered to them. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, later, too. The NBA now is catered to teams like the Golden State Warriors, shooters. 
no I mean it's no really no threat at shooting because you know if you even breathe on some of these guys you're getting the technical so they'll be all right the thunder is after them seven and nine and the next three teams not surprising i don't care what who they got in the squads there's a spurs six eleven the lakers are four and ten and the rockets are three and fourteen it's funny how this thing is case I'm going where it is that the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers, who has LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook could possibly have a lottery pick. I know it's early, but I say if it keeps going on like this, that's gonna be kind of weird knowing you have three players who are Hall of Fame players. And they could possibly have a lottery pick later. Well, that's just a recap of what's going on in the NBA in the standings. This is what I want to talk about. I have a rant. First rant I'm going to speak about is this league. Now, for some of y'all don't know, no. Some of y'all may do. I am thir- I'm 35 years old, which means I remember the 90s ball. I remember 2000s. I mean, I remember from 90s to, to now. And what gets to me is... I really do feel like basketball now is more easy than it was back then. And I'm gonna be, let me tell you why. I'm not going to say Steph Curry killed the league. I'm not going to say that. I'm just I am going to say that he had he had a part to play in it. But it does seem like it's kind of not even really NBA kind of ball. You know, with a certain offense you had to run to get to certain things, to, you know, have to plan certain defense. Had to, because honestly, defense is not even really talked about a lot in NBA. You know, you know what it is about defense in NBA right now? If your team scores 100 points, if they don't score 110 points, that's good defense. I don't know. If, see, some of y'all don't remember. And I, and I'm just, I'm not biased because I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, but like, let me be real with you. I remember the '90s type of defense, and yes, it was more physical. But my thing is, you, you think about it, a lot of times, why not? Why we can't be physical? Why we cannot? You go to some of these street ballers and some of the some of the, um, playground games. They still play that playground type things. You call your own fouls. If you call a foul and you barely hit, you're going to get some names called on you. You know, they'll get sensitive nowadays, you know, NBA, but in, in the playgrounds, let's say you go up and someone hits you in the head or anything of the nature, not, and you go off. Don't be surprised you may hear some names called at you. But that's that's what it seems like with the NBA now. It's so soft. You wonder why they say, a lot of NBA legends say if this person played nowadays, that person played nowadays, they average at 30, 40. Because they don't have nobody to touch them. Back in the day, you had the elbow check. You had the hand check. See, a lot of people understand that hand check was very powerful, especially if you're a strong guy, because you can dictate what you want that player to go sometimes. And you have him all rinsed to, you know, he's there. He had a hand in his chest, a hand in your face, whatever. You do that now as a foul. Then again, and then here's another thing. 
I remember times where coming into the paint, you, it depending on who was in that paint, it was a rough house guy. Like you had your Larry Johnson, your Anthony DeMason, your Xavier McDaniel back in the 80s with your Bill Beer, And, you know, even with Shaq in the 90s and early 2000s, just players, they will test that behind you coming that paint. But what happens now? Oh, it's a highlight reel. Or someone coming in and dunking. Oh, you can't. All you can do is put your hand up and jump up and down. But back in the day, they would test you. You know what? I'm going to say it like this. If you guys don't believe me, and you maybe say, well, you won't play basketball or whatever you want to say, okay. I'll let Isaiah Thomas tell you. And mind you, this was the same Isaiah Thomas that was running things when he was playing. Let's listen to him what he has to say about the NBA now. So I'm just picking the game apart. I'm seeing it really before it happens. It's so slow. Is this game easier now for you than it's it was? It's way easier. And that's no disrespect to the players in it. The game is as easy as it's ever been in 2022 right now. Wow. And that's no disrespect to the talent. It's how the game is played. Is it the spacing? Spacing. It's open gym. It's five on five. It's AAU nationals. And I'm saying this with the most respect for the the, the best players in the world. Yeah. When the best players in the world are able to play one-on-one, -on -one, this is what happens. It's unstoppable. And that's what we're seeing. That's all we're seeing. You're seeing these guys get 40, 50. Come on. I, you know, and as a student And, of the and game, not to take away anything from them, because oh, they're no, cold. They're, they're guys insane. are cold. They're insane. The skill level is amazing. They're it's insane. just the way the game is played. They're not being challenged the same way. Now, after hearing that, he's the guy that's interviewing Isaiah Thomas telling the truth. You know, it, the way they're being played and not being played back in the day. Now, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the players nowadays are less talented, less skillful. I'm not saying that. But it gets to a point where you can literally just look at the game yourself and be like, I feel like I can run down this court. Because some teams don't play full court press a lot. You know, they play half court defense, if that. I really feel like if I wanted to, I could come down this court, stand at almost so far away from the three-point shot and just jack it up. Honestly. Because let's be real. Steph Curry, a lot of people try to do the Steph Curry way and they can't do it. Now everyone has that immense talent gift to shoot anywhere on that dang on court. And you looking like, hey, he's going to make this, honestly. I don't care if it's full court. He's going to probably make this. We have seen footage this man would run, throw up a ball <laughs> like to the ceiling of the stadium and go straight in. We have seen this man shoot the ball and do NBA 2K style. Well, NBA 2K, if you get a what we call a green light, a perfect shot, excellent release. You either you're gonna turn, you're gonna throw the shot up, and depending on your animation, you'll do some crazy animation, and that indicates it's good. We have seen Steph Curry shoot the ball, turn around, look at the bench, or look at someone, and it goes right in. We have seen guys try, it doesn't go in. Say hello, Nick, y'all. So I say that to say this. It definitely does. Game does look easy. And like Isaiah Thomas, it does look like AAU games. Open, Jill. 
Because if you ever been to an open Joe AAU game and you actually looked at it, these guys ain't playing defense like that. And these guys coming, don't, you know, now they're giving so much room. It's coming, shoot three. And it's run back. That's it. They're going for a dunk. You will see hardly anybody could test a dunk. They'll go for a dunk. They just look at them. Oh, they look nice. One hand dunk. Oh, that look nice. Two hand dunk. Or there's, you know, some players scared to get posterized, so they'll, you know, they'll jump. But then you got players that will get posterized. Hey, it happens to the best of people. Remember the whole Michael Jordan that came in Matumbo when he was like, you ain't never dunk on me? Jordan like, okay. So when they played him, what he do? He dunked on him. He even do his, uh, his gesture to him. But honestly, the game does look easy. I have so many friends and coworkers say that they don't even look at NBA nowadays because it looks so just back, just backyard play. But on the other side, you're going to see this because more points scored means more ratings is coming, means more money is coming. A lot of times, a good defensive game gets boring. Some people don't want to see that. You have people that said they had watched 90s game that's from that you know that's from this era has went back and watched 90s games and they say it's so boring. Why? Not many teams scoring. You look at the Utah Jazz when it was in the in the nineties, when they were going to the Bulls, a lot of their games they was considered a high score team, but in that was around hundred points. The Bulls was holding people to 80 points, 70 points when they played defense, and they was only scoring like maybe 80, 90 points, or something like that. Here we go. So to them, people out there, it's boring. Well, you got people like us, but they consider the old heads. That's beautiful basketball. Get to your spots before they can get to them. Making sure that they're taking a shot is hard. They're going for a dunk is harder. That's beautiful basketball. We get the ball movement, the ball movement, finding the open shot, or the defense going to their spots, guarding one on one. See, that's the part where. I truly do miss of the game is one-on-one. Okay, you say you can guard me? Oh, let's do it then. Let's not worry about the ref blowing the whistle because the ref, the ref forgot the whistle in their mouth already. No, one-on-one. Let's see if you can get to this rim past me. That's beautiful. So the next thing, speaking about refs, I don't know if these referees nowadays are the most sensitive people in sports, have you guys seen the technicals that they didn't been calling out on people? And if you don't, go on YouTube and, t- and put in technical files by referees and see how many videos you see. These referees are soft as pillow. And sometimes you think to yourself, who is the, is the cause of that? Is Adam Silver really telling these referees do not let these players do nothing? Because they look like robots. Honestly, someone does a a dunk. Look them at them in their face. It happens. That's basketball. That's trash talk without the trash talk. But now, if you see a player do that, referee. Tech. That's basketball. Ain't like he looking at him and saying, and talking about his mother. Ain't like he's looking at him and talking about his wife or his kid. 
Sometimes just staring at someone. Tech. Come on. And then nothing I just seen recently. Jason Terry got a foul called on him. He clapped his head because he was mad at himself. Okay, a lot of, people, a lot of us do that. Oh, why'd I do that? You know, uh, you know what happened? Tech. You can't be mad at your own self? <laughs> that's, that, that's a problem? I, I mean, seriously. He ain't like slapped the, uh, his opponent in the head. He ain't get mad at the call. He's mad at himself because he know he messed up. And the referee gave him a tech. Even Kevin Durant said in a Twitter post, he had may seen the worst tech call that had been in NBA history. And I agree with him. These referees are killing the game. You can't celebrate no more. Their feelings get hurt. And they, they, they I mean, they, they forget a foul. They call it text. And you know, unless and, and if you don't know NBA, if you get two tentacles in one game, it's an automatic ejection. And if you, and then sometimes you can get a fine too. And then the fact of the matter is, you can't. Which this part that gets to me. These referees needs to be accountable. But the before mention, if you mention any referees in a press conference, in an interview, anything like that, oh, that's a fine right there. That's a fine right there. We we coming out to the pockets. So what they what so players basically gotta do is just shut up and take it. And, and, and that, you know, I I know that some people say, well, they need to respect their authority. Referees be making they're humans as well, and they make mistakes, and they need to be accountable for the things they do because honestly, they can change a game more than a player can. That is why a lot of times coaches tell players, don't leave it to the hands of the refs. Because if you leave it in the hands of the refs, now I say you're gonna lose. But these referees nowadays in the NBA is soft. So soft. I mean, you have to these are grown men and women. And you feel like you get refereed by preschoolers. Their feelings get hurt. That's one of my rants. Now, I'm gonna keep my third rant short so we can go to the commercial. Kyrie Irving. Now, I mean his his story and his this situation has been blown up so much that. No matter what I say, you basically heard it. But in my opinion, Kyrie is getting just a little bit too much of a punishment. Way too much. It's too excessive. It's to the point where is this really a punishment or something worse than that? Is this really business or is it personal? Now, I'm not getting into the whole anti-Semitic thing. I'm not gonna get into that the 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 link for the movie. I'm not gonna get to none of that kind of stuff. And yes, I have seen parts of the movie. I even know what uh Kyrie ever calls himself an Israelite. I know a group that go by the uh, IUIC. I know about that. But let's be real. How many stuff have not even NFL players or NBA players? How many times celebrities has posted stuff on their social media and don't you know it, it'd be some wrong stuff? 
Now, I'm not saying there's as worse as the anti-Semitic things, but there's things that we have seen on Instagram posts that had that made you raise a lot, a whole eyebrow. There have been some posts that made you like, are you, are you serious right now, or are, you know, are you, you say, you trying to say something? But one thing I and I'm not gonna get to the racial thing, you know. I'm not on this platform to say the whole racial thing. If somebody would address to me, I'd gladly address it to them. But the thing about what, what gets me about the Kyrie Irving situation is he's not he's not anti-Semitic at all. He never said anything wrong about them. He said he did. He shared, shared a link. It ruffled a few feathers. He took his lumps. Took his whatever we gotta, he got to. He did. We got to do. Get at most if you give him a suspicion. Hey, like like Baylor said, no, it is your games at ten, twelve, whatever. But it seems like you want Kyrie Irving to get on hands and knees and be begging you, please. It seems like this, like you want him to basically do go on TV and, and give a thirty second him standing in a black with a black screen behind him and and, and basically pour out his soul, you know hand to, to, to the executioner type stuff. It does seem like that. Wow. But what about his counterparts that does some some things like that? That's why this Kyrie Irving situation, honestly, is more shaky than ever. And I don't know what it's going to take for him to get back in the NBA, but something needs to be done. Something needs to be done by this punishment. It's too much. It's very, it is very excessive. Like Shannon Sharp said, like Stephen A. Smith said, like LeBron said, like Jalen Brown said. It, this punishment is like, oh no, this ain't business. This like it's personal. And in fact, if it's personal, you know what that shows? That maybe he was on to something. That Kanye was on to something. Now your stuff gets exposed in the light. And that's the problem. Sometimes you, when you go against the system, and the system bugs back, you'll find out exactly what the system is. But that's how, But that's just life. You know, when you go against the grain, go against sometimes out of the norm, it could be anything. You'll see exactly what comes with it. So, like I said, I'm not up here to say anything. I'm not up here to voice my, you know, talk about the whole video, talk about the whole thing. I'm just talking about the Kyrie situation, him not being able to play. That man needs to play. He did. He took his lunch, took his point, but hey, came on, said some stuff. Okay, it's done. Give him a suspension, come back. But all this other stuff, that's a little bit too much, y'all. Grow up. It's a little bit too much. Now, coming up after the break, we're going to dive into the Washington Commanders with our annual, weekly, daily, monthly, any lead you can think of, take command news. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. We're told that our time is money, but yours is more valuable than that. 
Every journey is unique. And with Alaris as your guide, you can be confident for a better tomorrow. His mind is so sharp that he wants to wrestle with a riddle and accidentally killed the answer. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back, everyone. Now, this is a part of the Take Command news of the Washington Commanders. You, know, If you hear how I'm talking, you can feel the excitement in my voice, but you'll exactly see why. <laughs> You know, before I start this, I remember weeks, weeks back. Remember that Jonathan Allen interview when he called 106.7 The Jump Radio? And he was telling everyone to keep that energy and, you know, he know he, he, he knows how to think. Let, let me be real with you, y'all. And I had the same conversation with people at Eagles Nest, too, which is a bar. Chesapeake, Sundays, ESPN Radio will be out there, too. When you know for a fact that you're good, when you know for a fact that you can be dominant, what do you think is going to happen with the fan base? Okay, let's let's put it to a job. Let's say you are a person that is the owner of a company or let's just say you're a manager of social let's start from that part now this person that you your team the team that you got that's running like the promotion side for you the marketing side you know that this team right here is one of the best there's a woman a man whatever they they can sell their behinds off what product they have they got that gift of gab they just know it and they know know the product left and right. They know how to talk to the people. They know what to do. They know what, what kind of numbers to bring in. And so as a, as a manager, you thinking like, oh, I got the squad right here. Oh, I got the team right here. So when they underperforming, you're going to think, what's going on? When they not the numbers not coming in, what's going on? Is it is it our product? Is it people? But when you start to feel like, no, it's... Y'all could do better. Y'all have done better. What's the problem now? That was the issue between the fans and Jonathan Allen. There's no reason that Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Chase Young's coming back, but they still got some other pieces the other side of the defense. Kendall Fuller, Cameron Curl. Yo. Jamin Davis has been playing lights out. Cole Holcomb, other guys, even down to the offense. Tonya Gibson, Brian Rock. I mean, you have these pieces, these pieces. So why are they not playing so good? Well, you know y'all could do better. That's why a lot of times the fans are coming after y'all. And like you said, keep that same energy we winning. As you can see, we got that same energy. And we got more than energy because we know exactly what the Washington Commanders can do. And they only just need either inspiration, either they need distractions going on or something. But we know exactly six first-round picks in on that defense. Six. 
And you telling me y'all can get ran over and pass? Come on now. Either y'all not playing for the fullest, y'all don't believe in the defensive coordinator or something. Offense, yeah. You may have a couple of, I'm not going to say role players, anything that could terrible cause a start. Anyway, if you go to another team, which, you know, gladly he does it, hopefully he does it, he could be a number one talent. We have seen that. That's what the, also the issue is. I just had to get that out. I just had to get that out because I remember that interview John Allen just said, because I said something about it on my podcast before, and I talked to some guys at Eagles Nest that talked about the, the Washington Commanders. That's why we were so upset because we know you could be better. Ain't like we got a sorry squad. We have a squad. And on, maybe at one position, I know the quarterback is always the most important position, but well, offensive line, you know, they got that got to be they got to be get better too, you know. So hey, but let's go back to this right here. This is the week ten recap. Now, for everyone who's listening right now, I want you to do something for me. I want you to think about this question. When it comes to football, what would be a perfect end to a game? Perfect end. And I don't want to hear, oh, we dominate team 100-0. No, 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 no. I mean, what would be a perfect end to a game where it's like it can be talked about for weeks? A Hail Mary? A game-winning touchdown? A game-winning field goal? A game-winning defensive play? It's all good, right? What about a controversial penalty? Now, I know many of y'all either seen the game or seen the footage of the penalty that basically sealed the game for the Commanders. The Commanders were leading 25-21 to 21 on a third down play. Heike was rolling around, and we saw nobody was open. He gave himself up, and it was at that moment. Yes, yes, set the scene. It was the moment. Brandon Graham, the defense in for the Philadelphia Eagles, hit Taylor Heineke, which caused a flat for unnecessary roughness. 15 yards and automatic first down. Mm-hmm. Now, a few more plays by commanders, a punt to the Eagles, and with only seconds on the clock, the Eagles try to do the pitch around to different players. You know, you know, hot potato, hot potato, you get the ball, you get the ball. Basically, playing Oprah out here. But ultimately, it failed. And the defensive player for the commanders picked up the ball and scored a touchdown, which resulted in a final score of 32 to 21. Now, stat-wise, the commander's defense in the first allowed 14 points, but it wasn't that they got dominated. Taylor Heineke got hit and fumbled the ball close to the end zone. When Philly got the ball, they scored. But then when Washington got the ball, scored right back. Then Philly scored after that. But guess what happened? Philly didn't see the end zone to the fourth quarter. Not saying that Philly didn't have chances, but it was mistakes after mistake after mistake. And Washington capitalized on it. Interception by Forrest. A fumble by Watkins picked up by Forrest. A.J. Brown was held to one catch. So we don't know what the issue was with Philly. But honestly, I'm glad that Washington took advantage of aerial opportunity. Washington ran the ball extremely well with Brown Robinson running 26 times for 86 yards. And Antonio Gibson ran it for 14 times for 44 yards. With Curtis Samuel and Taylor Heine get into the mix as well. But of course, for the for basically four straight games of Heineke. Scary. Terry. 
McCoy again, again, makes his case for being one of the best receivers in the game. He caught the pass eight times for 128 yards, which once again asked the question, what in the blue moon was going on with Terry before Taylor? Because before six games, he has had more stats in four games, which explains exactly why Terry has been more vocal than ever before on the field. Next week, a positive shake of the NFC East. Also, positive NFC in general. Because if the Commanders win against the Texas, not only would it be 6-5, and five, but also be runners-up for a wild-card position, in which nobody thought they were going to be just four weeks ago. And when we come back from break, we're going to speak some more on the Commanders and early word on the offseason. Now, you're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. You got ripped off? Didn't get what you expected? The Better Business Bureau can help you avoid these uncomfortable situations. Look for the BBB seal. It's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. He eats coconuts without removing the shell. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back, family. Cousin. Cousin. Now, if anything has taught us about being in the right situation with the right players, is this team. With a possible free start with this organization next year, or for possible. <clears throat> oh, no. Almost caught a tear right there. I had to stop myself. Possible sale of the team, the whole franchise looks like it could be headed towards progression. Now, I know, I know, I know. We, especially fans, have heard this for years and nothing has really changed. But when you hear that a possible distraction, one of the biggest distractions, could possibly be leaving a building as the stage left. Get out! Then the team can focus on games rather than outside noise or things they can't control. Now let's what's been ha- now let's I, I, I gotta say it again. Let's 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 what happened been happening with the commanders lately for the past few weeks. The defense has been looking better than usual. The running game has an identity. Pound you know pound the rock. Mm-hmm. And yes, Heineke is starting. But honestly, players are getting thrown the ball more. And are getting equaled out too. And lastly, Terry McLaurin needs a bigger paycheck. Now, can someone tell me what Coach Prime says again? Because if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you perform good. If you perform good, what comes next? Mm-hmm. Well, let's analyze that for, for the, just for, just for, for this season. Let's analyze that. Terry McLaurin on the field looks like he can go at it with the best of them. And he proved that against uh, Stephen Gilmore and Jerry Alexander. So, he looks good. When the ball thrown his direction, and he makes those moss-type catches. And after his, his reaction after, he feels good. 
Terry McLaurin has almost a thousand yards receiving, and for the past few weeks, has averaged almost a hundred yards per game. So he's playing good. So what's left in the offseason? Yeah, he already got paid, but a bonus would hurt as well. And guess what? Those same rules that Dion, well, excuse me, Coach Prime said, Prime, that he said, that could be said for a good number of our players. For example, this is Deron Payne's contract year, and he's playing phenomenal. Logan Thomas, when he's healthy, looks like a top 10 tight end. Remember a couple, a few weeks ago, Taylor Gibson was rumored to be traded because teams want him, even though uh, the rumors weren't true. Tony Gibson looking like he looked like he's playing with some uh, like kind of personal thing, though. I'm not gonna lie, because for the past couple of seasons, a lot of people say you know Tony Gibson put that ball on the ground a lot, but when they got Brian Robinson, I don't know if y'all noticed. Tony Gibson been running like he a true running back. Like he said, oh, no, this guy took my job. I'm about to sh- <laughs> We're going to fight for this one. Now, I got another question, though. What about Taylor Heineke? Let's be real. His stock can keep going up if he keeps playing like this, this level of play. Because besides Alex Smith and after Kirk Cousins, Heineke has a winning record with Washington, unlike other quarterbacks they have had. Now, I'm not going to get into detail of the quarterback's head. You can easily research and see. Now, I'm talking about the players. I ain't get on those staff members and coordinators because they also going to be looked at as well. Look at the running backs coach, Jennifer King. You don't think another team can see what she's been doing with Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, you know, a savage J.D. McKenzie's hurt. But you'll be seeing what she, they, she's doing with those two. And, and somebody can be like, hmm, Washington running back looking kind of decent. And Tony Gibson looking like a running back now more than he did before. You don't think somebody can try to go get Jennifer King? What about the coordinators? Now, I know Jack Del Rio was a coach at one time. But you don't think somebody might say, hey, look, we we got the offense. We we just need deep help of defense and Jack Devrio, you did pretty you're doing kind of a job with the Washington. We may need to get you another head coaching position. And I you know Scott Turner. I mean <laughs> uh, sometimes up in the air with him because we used to get on including myself, used to get on Scott Turner for his play calling. Um, I don't, it seems like now he's more seeing that, hey, look, we got Brian Robinson, we got Antonio Gibson, we got Curtis Samuel. Maybe we need to stop being this, throw the ball 30, 40 times and actually run the ball to set up a play for Taylor Heineke. Why not say his name be thrown into the mix for some head coaching positions? You never know. But what do you guys think, though? What do you guys think that Washington, without the, dis- the distraction, we ain't going to say a name, we're going to say the distraction, like a villain. What do you guys think that, you know, could be recognized again? Think Washington be recognized one more time? Only time will tell. Now, coming up after the break, we want to wrap things up. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. 
It's time to make your future a priority. Hagerstown Community College can help get you on the path to the right career and create the life that you deserve. Are you ready? Your best future begins at HCC. He once bowled a perfect game of a marble. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back, everybody. Now, this is, that's it for the show. I'd like to thank everybody who listened today. And I thank everybody who has listened before. I'd like to thank everyone who has subscribed to the podcast and subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure for my new listeners that you do subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is broadcasted in seven cities. Like, share, comment as well. Also, subscribe to the podcast, So Disrespectful Radio Show. So until next time, stay blessed, stay good, stay lifted. Peace. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful.